I'm thinking how many of you are thinking about next year, you're reflecting on this year, thinking about next year, yeah. So it's a good time to remember what God has done and thank Him for what He's done as we look into next year. Now, yes, we need to give thanks to God because the Bible instructs us to give thanks to God. But how many of you know that often hidden in some of these instructions are um, weapons or are secrets or keys that open something for us in our lives? Um, that is often how God works. And yes, we can give thanks without a knowledge of it. But tonight I'm wanting to say, you know what? When we give thanks, it unlocks this for us. So tonight as we give thanks, I'm wanting us to give thanks with an understanding of the power of thanksgiving in the spirit or the power of thanksgiving to be a key for us. Amen. Amen. Now, often Christians, we like to have, you know, 24 hour miracle or we like shortcuts. We like instant everything. Like a, we like an, a miracle. We like to be able to sow something into someone that will give me the miracle tomorrow of the five businesses and lots of wealth that I wanted. Okay. <laughs> we love those types of things. Um, but God doesn't often work like that because we have to grow into His purpose so that when we're there, we can sustain it. Amen. So, and often those types of miracles are purely for selfish motives, okay? We want to be wealthy. It's not always for the kingdom. So, this is, I'm not giving you keys like that. That's not what it's about. It's about saying, let's give thanks. And when we're giving thanks, it unlocks this for us or for others. And they're kingdom things. It's not like a get-rich-quick scheme, okay? So, Psalm 95 verse 1 to 3 says, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let, let us come before His presence with thanksgiving and shout joyfully to Him with songs. For the Lord is the great God and the great King above all gods. And that word thanksgiving there is todah. And it means, and it's derived from a word yada, which means to give thanks and to praise. So it's, it's very closely related to praise and the root of that word is hand so we can give thanks or praise to god by lifting our hands and it's also yes by lifting our hands that you might say well why do you lift your hands you know are you trying to draw attention to yourself no i'm not i don't like attention i'm actually praising god it's a form of praise it's a form of thanksgiving okay um trying to show us your biceps <laughs> <No>. <laughs> So Psalm 107, verse 20 to 22 said, He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works, the children of men. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare His works with rejoicing. So you know what? What does this tell me? This instructs me that sometimes thanksgiving is a sacrifice. Sometimes thanksgiving is not necessarily going by what I feel like. Okay, so Thanksgiving is a decision, it's a choice, it involves our whole being, including our hands, and it involves our heart, and we have to remember His works, because we're giving thanks for His wonderful works in order to give thanks. So, we'll look at that just now, remembrance, okay. Now, I'm going to just look at a few keys. The first key around Thanksgiving is something about Thanksgiving brings us into the presence of our King. You might say to me, well, I don't feel God's presence. Well, try giving thanks. Okay, And anyway, if you give thanks and you still don't feel His presence, it's your feelings that are not lined up 
or it's your maybe you're in a season of hiddenness, but the Bible says in Psalm 100 verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, be thankful and bless his name. So by thanking him, I'm entering his, his gates and his courts, I'm coming in with thanksgiving and praise. That means that I'm in his presence, whether I feel it or whether I don't, amen. Amen. Something about thanksgiving brings me into the presence of our King. And I love the scripture 2 Chronicles 5 verse 13. It basically says, where the trumpeters and singers were as one, and the sound was one in praising and thanking the Lord. And they lifted up their voice with trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, He is good and His mercy endures forever. That the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud, so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the, of the Lord. So something about thanksgiving brings us into the presence of God. So I want to encourage you to use this. If you feel far from God, and we're going to do it tonight, if you feel far from God, if you feel like, Lord, you feel, you know, you're so far from me, I don't know, well, you just begin to thank Him, and it will usher you into His presence. Amen. Amen. Okay. Another key that Thanksgiving does, something about Thanksgiving, I mean, another key in Thanksgiving, because that didn't make sense, another key in Thanksgiving, something about Thanksgiving multiplies what we have in our hands. Did you know that? Thanksgiving multiplies. Matthew 15, verse 36 to 37, Jesus standing before a crowd of thousands and thousands of men, never mind women and children, and they're all hungry and they haven't eaten for a number of days, and there's no shops nearby for them to go and get food, and the disciples, you know, want to send them away so they can go and buy some food because they can't provide. And what does Jesus do? Jesus takes the seven loaves and the fish. And when he had given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the people. And all the people, that's all the however many thousands of the people ate and were satisfied. And they gathered up seven large provision baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. What was the key? I find it interesting that he didn't, Jesus wasn't on a fast at the time to multiply seven loaves and, and fish. He wasn't, didn't go into a time of intercession that lasted for an hour to multiply it. He didn't even pray. What did he do? He didn't even pray this extended inter, uh, uh, like supplication, petition, whatever. What did he do? It says, when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples. So he gave thanks. So giving thanks multiplied what was in his hand. Isn't that powerful? Sometimes I think we've got to stop complaining about what we don't have and thank God for what we do have. Number three, something about Thanksgiving unlocks a new dimension of healing. And I've taken this from Luke 17 verse 11 to 19, when Jesus is making his way toward Jerusalem and he crosses over the border between Samaria and Galilee and he enters a village and ten lepers meet him. All men, all lepers, and they kept their distance, but they raised their voices and called out, Jesus, have mercy on us. And what does Jesus say to them? He says, go show yourselves to the priests. Why? Because the priests could declare them clean if they were clean, so they could be part of it, back, welcomed back into the camp, okay? So because they were unclean if they had leprosy. So Jesus says, go show yourselves to the priests, and they went, and while they were on their way, they became clean. One of them, one out of ten, so nine didn't, but one of them, Came, turned around, shouting his gratitude, glorifying God. He knelt at Jesus' feet, so grateful he couldn't thank him enough. And Jesus says to him, were not ten healed? 
Where are the other nine? Can none be found to come back and give glory to God except this outsider? Then he said to him, get up. Your faith has healed and saved you. So there was a dimension of that, there was a dimension of healing, which is salvation actually, that he experienced that the others did not experience because they didn't thank Jesus. So there's a dimension of healing and salvation that we experience when we come back to thank him and give glory to him. Okay? Healing, wholeness, abundance in life, deliverance and salvation. That's what Thanksgiving does. Number four, something about Thanksgiving brings life where there has been death. Something about Thanksgiving brings life where there has been death. So I'm taking this from John 11, 39 to 44. Lazarus has died. His sisters are beside themselves because it's now been four days and they thought Jesus was their good friend and they thought that Jesus would be able to come and raise him from the dead. But it's now been four days and the body stinks. Okay? And it's in the tomb. And Jesus says, Jesus arrives on the scene. They think he's late, okay, but he's not. And um, Martha, who's Lazarus' sister, says, Lord, he's been dead for four days. We can't roll the stone aside from the tomb. And Jesus says, no, roll it aside. She says, the smell will be awful. He says, roll it aside. And, and then Jesus says, so didn't I tell you you would see God's glory if you believed? And this is what Jesus then says. Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all these people so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus said, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out. Obviously, he was alive. <laughs> so Jesus just said, thank you, Father, for hearing me. Just thank the Lord. Didn't fast and pray for five days. Just said, thank you, Lord, that you hear me. And he says, Lazarus, come out. Very powerful. Ephesians 5 verse 20 says, Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks. Giving thanks, that word means to be grateful, to express gratitude. Okay? To give thanks. Number five, something about thanksgiving results in God's peace. Philippians 4 verse 6 to 7. I love the scripture. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be known to God and the peace of God which surpasses understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The NLT says don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard our hearts and minds as we live in Christ Jesus. So you need peace tonight. Thank God. Amen. Jeremiah 17 verse 5 to 8 um, is a scary and an encouraging scripture all at the same time for me. It basically says, thus says the Lord, Cursing them is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. For he'll be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land which is not inhabited. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green, will not be anxious, in the year of drought, all cease from yielding fruit. For me personally, when I'm constantly in thanksgiving, 
I'm constantly reminding myself of what God has done, of His nature, of His abilities, of His faithfulness, of what He's done for me in the past. It then brings me into a place of faith to trust Him. Amen. And when I'm trusting Him, then I, I can see the good when it comes. I can trust. I'm trusting in someone outside of myself. Okay. The last one that I'm wanting us to touch on is something about Thanksgiving requires that we remember. You have to remember what he's done to thank him for it. Amen. Amen. Psalm 77 verse 11 to 12 says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord and your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Psalm 105 verse 5, remember the wondrous works he has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. Psalm 143 verse 5 to 6, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all you've done. I ponder the work of your hands and stretch out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. We have to remember. Remembrance is so critical in terms of thanksgiving. And I have read this quote before and I'm going to read it again. Because it, it's something's there repeating. Amen. Okay, so Frederick Buechner wrote an essay called A Room Called Remember, and he wrote it from a dream that he had, and I'm going to read, read it to you. He says, I dreamt I was staying in a hotel that I loved. I no longer have any clear picture of what the room looked like, and even in the dream itself, I think it wasn't so much the way the room looked that pleased me as it was the way it made me feel. It was a room where I felt happy and at peace, where everything seemed the way it should be. And everything about myself seemed the way it should too. Then as the dream went on, I wandered off to other places and did other things. And finally, after many adventures, ended back in the same hotel again. Only this time, I was given a different room, which I didn't feel comfortable in at all. It seemed dark and cramped, and I felt dark and cramped in it. So I made my way down to the man at the desk and told him my problem. On my earlier visit, I said I'd had this marvelous room which was just right for me in every way and which I'd very much like, if possible, to have. The trouble I explained was I hadn't kept track of the room and I didn't know where it was or how to ask for it. The clock was understanding and he said he knew exactly the room that I meant and that I could have it again any time I wanted. All I had to do was ask for it by its name. So, of course, I asked him what the name of the room was and he said he'd be happy to tell me. The name of the room, he said, was Remember. Remember. The name of the room I wanted was Remember, and that's what woke me. It shocked me awake. It was a dream that seemed true not only for me, but true for everybody. And then he says this. There is a deeper need yet, I think, not all the time, surely, but from time to time, to enter that still room within us where all the past lives on as part of the present. The name of the room is Remember. The room where, with patience, with clarity, with quietness of heart, we remember consciously to remember. There's something about thanksgiving which requires that we remember consciously what God has done. Okay? And if I look at, you can go and do this in your own time if you want. If I look at the book of Exodus and I look at the Israelites, you know, God instructed them to remember. He instructed them right at the beginning of the Exodus from Egypt to remember. And they ran into so many glitches as they crossed over the Red Sea and they were in the wilderness and the desert and what have you. And often they're grumbling and they're complaining against the Lord and against Moses and all of that was simply because they chose not to remember. 
And even the extra time that they stayed in the wilderness in the desert, it was because of unbelief. You know, 40 years extra, and some of them died off in the wilderness before entering the promised land. It's because they were in unbelief. And if they'd only chosen to remember, they would have been in a place of belief and faith and been able to enter into the promised land. So, with that said, I'm wanting us to break into groups and I'm wanting you to pray together. Break into groups of two, three, or four. Um, it's up to you. I'm wanting you to give thanks to God for things that He's done for you this year. Recent things, okay? Not like five, ten years ago He did such and such. We know recent things, okay? This year, what has God done for you? What has He done that you can give thanks for? And I know for every single person, yeah, there's something. Okay, you can't tell me there's nothing. Okay? There's something. You hear tonight? That's 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 great. Okay. There's something you can give thanks for. And when you finish that, I want you to think through some of the, the keys that I told you. Like something about Thanksgiving brings us into the presence of the King. It multiplies what we have in our hands. It unlocks a new dimension of healing. Um, it brings life where there's been death. It results in God peace, God's peace. It helps us to see um, any of those particular keys that jumped out at you and you know, okay, I need a breakthrough in this area in my life. And I think that this type of Thanksgiving in this way, I want to use it as a weapon to unlock this in my life. And so just to say to, to say to your pair or your triplet or your group, you know what, I need to experience healing in my life. I'm struggling with this physical ailment. So I'm going to begin to thank God for my health that I have. I'm going to begin to thank Him for what He did on the cross. I'm going to begin to thank Him that this, and this is what He's done for me before in the area of my health. And I want you to trust God that as you do that, it's going to unlock the healing that you need. Or maybe you struggle in the area of anxiety and fear. And you want to say, you know what, I'm going to use Thanksgiving tonight as a weapon to unlock a new dimension of peace in my life. And I want you to go to scriptures and thank God for certain scriptures around fear and deliverance from, from fear and around boldness. And just thinking back on your life in terms of where you have been bold and how God has helped you. So I want you to use it like that. Is that clear? So you, first of all, I want you to thank him for what he's done this year, okay? And second of all, I want you to think about a situation that is in front of you where you know that you can use Thanksgiving to unlock something in that situation. And let's, let's do it in agreement in your groups and trust God for a breakthrough. Amen. Okay, so get into your peers.